It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Dallas Cowboys All-Pro right guard Zach Martin is back with the team. How quickly can we expect him to ramp up his practice work? All that more this episode of Locked On Cowboys Podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, the Dallas Cowboys have officially brought back Zach Martin after reaching a contract extension, a new deal, whatever you want to call it. How excited are you that Zach Martin's back? Uh, You know, we were in negotiations late into the night last night on whether I would be coming back today or not. So I also received uh, $8 million in new money and and $18 million guaranteed the next two seasons. So uh, (laughs) I'm glad to be here and I'm glad to be reporting that Zach Martin is back. And obviously it's very exciting and I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, so the, the official numbers are still waiting to come out, but it sounds like Zach Martin got a pretty decent raise, was at $18 million per year mm-hmm. over the next two years, uh, and fully guaranteed, yeah. uh, which for me is great. I mean, he got a nice raise. He's still not even the highest paid guard in the league. He's not even the second highest paid guard in the league. Uh, but it also, I mean, it locks him into being here for the next two years, which yeah. I got to be honest, it's something that I'm always a little worried about year to year after the Travis Frederick situation, like, how long can we expect him to play? I think it's awesome that we know he's going to be here, obviously, this year and next year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think you and I were never nervous about this situation specifically, uh, but it, I think we we were hoping that it would be resolved in a kind of amicable way because we not only wanted Zach Martin back for this season, but for the future. So uh, the fact that they were able to kind of sort it out and, and frankly, in a manner that we all kind of anticipated is not shocking. Uh, but it, I think it was a little surprising how long it lasted. Uh, I think the Cowboys felt like they needed to play a little bit of hardball here just to make it clear that, hey, guys, not everybody is eligible for a raise uh, two year, with two years left in their contract. So, uh, I, But I also think that they understood that Zach Martin is you know, one of those guys who is likely the exception. So uh, I think the Cowboys had to play kind of a delicate balance here from a front office standpoint, right? They had to, be, they had to look willing to uh, uh, give raises to guys who have earned it. But they also had to kind of keep a, a, a tough front in the fact that, hey, you signed a contract, you need to stick to it until it, the contract is up. Uh, they, they can't have, you know, middle class tier of, of players coming to them wanting raises uh, with two years left on their deal. And so uh, I think that it, ultimately, at the end of the day, everybody got what they want. Uh, Zach Martin's back in the fold with plenty of time to get ready for New York. Uh, happy days are here again. You know why I wasn't really worried about this whole situation? It's because it's freaking Zach Martin. I'm like, you're yeah. going to figure out Zach Martin, a Hall of yeah. Fame guard. 
I saw some discussion on Twitter yesterday that the Cowboys caved again in negotiations, and this is what they do. They talk big, and the player ultimately wins. And I get that, right? Like Zach Martin had two years left in his deal. He got a raise, and he really didn't have to give up anything. At the same time, I still think the Cowboys won because you're not paying Zach Martin as the highest-paid guard in football right now. And he, Again, I'm going to mention this again. Not even the second-highest-paid guard and that you you've locked him in for the next two years, knowing that he's going to be here. It, it feels, it really does feel like a win-win on both sides. The other way to look at it too, is that the Cowboys got what four years of cheap, uh, cheap relative Zach Martin money. Yeah. Um, so they, they, they already saved their money, you know, uh, on, on, on a lot of this deal. So uh, look, I mean, not every deal has got to be about winners and losers. You know, I, I think this is a situation that, the Cowboys were happy to give him this money. I, I, I think, you know, I'm well, not, the Cowboys maybe not could have played hardball here. Like they absolutely yeah. could have played hardball, continue yeah. to let Zach Martin sit out in a crew fines. Right. But what's the goal here is the goal to win, you know, it, it you know, make have $2 million more of cap space and have your all pro guard, not be ready for week one and get hurt. Yeah. Or it's the goal to like be ready to go and try to win a Super Bowl and make sure that you have everything li- aligned and ready to go. Because to me, that's that's what we're trying to do here. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I, the the Cowboys got their guard and and the, the Zach Martin got his money. It, like both sides should be thrilled about this. Everyone should be happy about this. There shouldn't have to be like a the Cowboys lost. We don't the have to do winners and losers here. We don't have to do that here. No. Like, I mean, it's Zach Martin is the exception to the rule. I think Mina Mina Kimes kind of put it best, right? Like. You know, it's it's it it felt like the Cowboys had to do this just to kind of make sure that everyone understood what the situation is. But it also was a case where it's Zach Martin. He he, you're not letting him go. You're giving him what he wants. So uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think that was ever at risk. Uh, and the fact that the Cowboys were going to give him more money was was always going to happen in my yeah. opinion. All right, a couple things really quickly. Uh, Zach Martin has been wor- working with our guy, Duke Manyweather, getting ready. So it's not like he's just been sitting on his couch oh, yeah. eating cheese balls or whatever, right? Like he's he's ready to go. So my question for you is how quickly do you think we'll see the Cowboys ramp up his practice work? <laughs> well, uh, it's funny because you said like earlier when you were talking about whether or not he would be back for week one, you said it's Zach freaking Martin. That's it, I, I, my same answer for how quickly he'll be ready to play uh, against the Giants. I mean, it's Zach freaking Martin. He could roll out of his bed and take yeah, on Dexter Lawrence, I think, t- tomorrow if he needed to. Uh, so I, I think, you know, he came back in with plenty of time. He's been working with Duke this whole time. They're not even uh, back in Dallas yet, are they? Yeah, no, they still have two more. They still have this week of practice, and then they fly back to Dallas after the uh, the preseason game this weekend. So uh, there'll be two more padded practices today and Wednesday. I would be surprised if Zach was padded for either of those. Unless uh, he's just doing individual stuff, right? Maybe. Yeah, I, I, would, I guess I should, I should rephrase that. I wouldn't be surprised if he was in pads at one of these two practices. I would be surprised if he did a regular amount of stuff. Maybe he works into individual or team stuff like with a rep or two tomorrow. But I would be shocked if he did anything out of the ordinary today. More than likely, they'll wait until they get back into Dallas to kind of start really, really ramping him up. The last thing here before we move on. Obviously, he's back at right guard, which is fantastic. You have Tyler Smith playing left guard, Tyron Smith at left tackle. Saw some, again, I'm going to keep saying this. I've seen some people on Twitter really worry about the Cowboys' offensive line depth, and they want them to go out and sign somebody right now. I think you and I are on the same page here, like, at this stage in camp, I want to just continue to see Awesome Richards play. I want to see him get more left guard snaps. I want to see maybe Matt Farniak at center. I, 
I just don't know if there's a rush to make a move now, especially now that you're working Zach Martin back in your lineup. Yeah, I mean, like, what's the benefit of getting a guy now? You know, like, like, like the, the benefit of getting an offensive lineman now that likely will probably be available on the other side of cutdowns, and, and I'll go even a step further. Don't you think there will be better options on the yes. other side of cutdowns? So, well, I saw, like, Justin Pugh, who is 33, yeah. coming off a torn ACL, said he's ready to play. Do I need to sign Justin Pugh right now? Why? Yeah. I'd rather just see Austin Richards play. Yeah, exactly. The point of this right now is to get your team ready to play and see what you've got. The last two weeks, those last two weeks before we go to to New York, uh, the, the, the ramp up there in Dallas, like maybe that's when you can consider it. But but I'm not signing any veteran offensive lineman until after cutdowns. First of all, let's see who gets cut. Like there's there's a likelihood that you have better options on the side. Well, and also, it's a progress stopper, like you've mentioned. Like what's the what's the point of getting them into training camp, bringing them out to Oxnard, having them take reps when you still want to see what you want to see from well, let's go Richards, uh, Farniak, and some of these down roster sure. guys. I, I also want to kind of back up a little bit. I, I feel like there has been, and you and I discussed this before the show, it feels like there is a uh, a feeling going around that the offensive line didn't play very well in the preseason game. I don't know that that's necessarily the case. Like, I, I think if you if you add in all the context of what was going on, the fact that the, this is a complete backup offensive line, including a left tackle who had barely taken any left tackle snaps uh, before starting at left tackle in a preseason game, uh, I thought they availed themselves very well. And, and frankly, like you mentioned, if you're not sure about how they did, go ask Jacksonville fans about how they feel about their defensive line right now. So uh, I tend to think that there's a little bit of panic going on when I thought I saw a lot of good tape for some of these down roster offensive linemen who seemingly to me are finally kind of getting it and actually putting a better tape than we, what we've seen in, in training camp. Uh, now is not the time to put guys in front of them and, and, and put progress stoppers in front of them. Let's see how far they can go. Like if they can go all the way to the point where they're the guys that you're subbing in, that's great. But if not, then you can go sign someone. But but don't put a cap on them right now. I think you can make a case that the offensive line as a whole or as a unit might have struggled. But I don't think the guys that are going to actually be in the 53-man roster struggled, right? And that's yeah. just the challenge of preseason, right? It's to find yes, the guys exactly. that actually matter, that are actually going to play. How did they perform like Austin Richards, like Matt Willetsko, like Matt Farney? I thought those guys were all – Pretty good. Uh, some of them are better than others, but I, I, I'm not worried about the offensive line depth now. If you are, you can go sign somebody later on. When did the Cowboys sign Jason Peters last year? It was like first week of September before the game even started, right? Yep. That's when you go out and sign a guy. Yeah. So. And, and again, I, I, like you said, uh, these are all backups. These Each one of those five, starting five guys, like that would never be your starting five. You know, you're, you're, you're thinking, you're looking at whether one of those individual five might have to sub in with the rest of your starters. That's, that's a terrible situation. You would never start these five guys together. No. So I think that's the other thing is that, you know, offensive line is a weak, uh, weak unit, weak link uh, system. So yeah. it would definitely help having these guys individually playing next to the starters if they had to sub into a regular season game. All right, Landon, let's talk about some of the positional battles that the Cowboys have going on and how it's changed since we've got some action in the preseason. We will do that next. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or you're scouting the waiver wire, 
every week, we're going to provide you the players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us in this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. This week, it's Dak Prescott. You guys know him. Are you looking for a safe quarterback to take after waiting on the position? Then you can ride with Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott, who, when he's healthy and when he gets enough volume, is as great as it comes. He's a perfect fit in your fantasy lineup. Prescott is going to be even more efficient with Mike McCarthy calling plays. And they've got a ton of weapons now with Brandon Cooks, an emerging star in Jake Ferguson, and of course, CeeDee Lamb. Dallas also won't be as run heavy as they were last year, restoring Prescott's solid numbers to the air. Vinny Iyer from Lockdown Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championships. And eBay Motors knows that a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. The same is true with your vehicle. With eBay Guaranteed Fit and over 122 million parts and accessories available for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it, and they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit knows exactly what part you need for your vehicle the first time. So go forth. Switch gears, crank that AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you know you'll always be set up for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. And let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Every day, as we're going to break down the Cowboys practice tomorrow, uh, they have a they have a fun practice here uh, coming up. They'll be back in pads after just doing a walkthrough yesterday. Uh, Lane, let's talk about some positional battles. We're going to start with the the tight end spot. We saw Jake Ferguson play really well. We saw Luke Schoonmaker uh, play at least a little bit. How do you see that tight end position shaking out now? Well, it's really interesting now, right? Like it, it, you know, it felt like it was very clear lines defined before you have, uh, you know, a schoonmaker who came, you know, coming in, uh, on an, on a list. So it, it, it clearly paved a way for Ferguson to be tied in one. You're going to see a lot of hinder shot. You hope it's when schoonmaker, schoonmaker, ah, did it again. When schoonmaker, schoonmaker, schoonmaker showed up that he would be able to work in his tight end three. And then you've got this guy who is this, uh, well, I should also throw in Sean McEwen. You also have a guy named Ian Bunting who's also in the mm-hmm. mix. And then you had this guy who was a converted wide receiver, undrafted free agent named John Stevens Jr. His dad was a professional running back, played for the uh, the at the time the Redskins. Uh, back in the day, mm-hmm. Nate John Stevens was, I think, rookie of the year, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and then kind of fell off after some knee trouble, if I'm not mistaken. So you had this list, and it was very clearly defined. And now suddenly – You've gone in through, through training camp, you've had, or not all the way through, but the first few weeks of training camp, you've gotten into the first preseason game, and it seems like it's completely sh- shaken up. Obviously, Ferguson has done nothing but elevate his game. He, he has clearly shown that he is tight in one and that he is separating from the pack. Uh, you, you've seen him show parts of his game that I didn't know, I, I think I didn't know were there before. Uh, and so I, I'm, you know, very big arrows up on, on Ferguson right now. I do think he looks like a guy who could come in here uh, and, and take the, the, the Dalton Schultz share of, of, of targets here. Work, and, 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 least, yeah. Right? And, and, and work well, I mean, obviously he, he may be a, a step up as a, as a blocker as well. Like, so there, there, there could be a chance that Ferguson is 
uh, you know, could develop by the middle of the season. I just worry about the, Dolch, the lack right? of consistency. That's the only yeah. thing. It's just that's just a position where you need to play a lot. And luckily for him, to his credit, like he just had a bunch of snaps at Wisconsin, so maybe yeah. he's a little bit more ready than we think. Yeah, and, and honestly, I think with the consistency, it was more about the receiving consistency yes. than it was for me about the blocking. So uh, I tend to think that that I, I, I'm hopeful here. He he hasn't gotten a ton of reps. Right. Like that's, I mean, just overall for a guy that's about to be the starter at tight end. Uh, but the reps that he's had, he's been extremely efficient and converted most of them. So that's one, that's, that's tight end one, right? Everything beneath that has become muddy at this point, right? I Hindershot, 100% agree. Hindershot has had a good but not great camp. Um, and, and beneath him, you see John Stevens just absolutely light up the third, second and third team whenever he was on there. He's scoring touchdowns in training camp. He's become a red zone weapon. He comes into this game and 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 has a, a couple of really great catches, including a touchdown. Um, and and I, I I have to think that now suddenly he's in this conversation between him and Hendershot because they're very similar type players, right? And now Schoonmaker is kind of popped up to tight end too because you know that he's going to be on the team at this point, right? They're they're not going to cut Schoonmaker, and now it's become this. And, and then on top of that, Sean McEwen had kind of a very uneven, if not just bad preseason. He just didn't play game. well. Yeah. And so it's become very muddied, right? Stevens, Hendershot, McEwen, all kind of in this nebulous area. You know that you're going to keep some of these guys, but you're not exactly sure how it's going to suss out a little bit. Yep. How much does Hendershot get to rely on the goodwill of last season to propel him into this into this team? I think we still need to see a little bit more. We saw some from him early on, but he's got to start making plays if he's going to kind of keep pace with what John Stevens is doing beneath him. Uh, 100% agree. I think the first two are locked in. Schoonmaker's going to be the, the number two tight end on the team just because of yeah. draft capital and because – Of the usage, right? It, because yeah. just how you use a tight end too, I imagine that yes. he'll fit that role better, right? So – and I'm, I'm going to assume they keep four tight ends on the active roster because they basically did that for most of last year. So you got three, two, three tight ends competing for two spots, right? Of the three, John Stevens, uh, Peyton Hendershot, and Sean McEwen, who would you say is the best blocker of those three? McEwen normally, right? But normally, he just had a bad. But he has not blocked well. That's that's the the real issue is that. Well, they also we, they also yeah. ask him to do some other blocking stuff that yes, I don't think they would absolutely have, because they were playing him as a fullback, and you just you're sure. not going to put John Stevens and Peyton Hendershot there. So he he did not block well, but he also had a harder task than I think those other two have. In some ways, absolutely. It, it, but at the same time, you got to catch that pass out in the flat when it hits you both in the hands. Like that—that's the problem, right? Is that like okay? I'm allow. I'm going to grade you on a curve with the blocking because your assignments are tougher. But you got to do all the little stuff right, you know. And and I'll even take a step back to throw another monkey wrench in here. Uh, look, I'm not. You know, even though I'm the guy who tracked formations at training camp a couple of years ago. I don't know know if we want to put too much talk into this, but the Cowboys played, I think something like 23% plus four wide receiver sets last, you know, the other night. Is there a chance that this team doesn't keep four wideers, four tight ends? Yes. Is there a chance that they go three and then, you know, we, we see that McEwen role gets handed to Lupke and they keep an extra running back and they keep an extra wide receiver because that's the other conversation that, that, Hey, we can get into that right now. The wide receiver situation is having the other problem, right? Where they've had they've got too many guys that are making plays and and showing you something, uh, and and not enough numbers on that spot, right? So uh, I do wonder if 
a, a change in philosophy a little bit might mean you know one less tight end maybe on the active game day roster right uh and, and then high and try to stash somebody on the on the practice squad a little bit i agree I, as you were talking i just thought is there a chance they just go five receivers this year with could be tolbert and turpin being four and five and then they kind of view like Stevens as the guy that could play a little receiver if they needed to, but also could be that last tight end on your roster. And maybe you keep him as tight end three. You keep an extra running back that can also be a fullback like Lipke. And we just see them go five receivers, three tight ends. And that's how we see going forward because you've got to, with as many defensive guys as they have and as, as deep as they are at defensive back and at linebacker and on the defensive line, maybe offense is where we see them cut significantly back from previous years. I mean, this is a coach who has a history of, of using offensive players like that, right. As a more of an offensive weapon category than, you know, traditional running back wide receiver tight end situation. So I I wouldn't be totally shocked if they went that route, they're going to, they're going to have to do something to, you know, facilitate the number of defensive players that they're going to want to keep. Right. And, and, and so, that means that they can't go long at tight end wide receiver and running back. No, one of those like, spots is going to have to go short. I, I don't think you can keep 10 wide receivers and tight ends combined on this team. There's just no way, right? Yeah. You're going to have to go short at one of those positions. And I keep coming back to if Ferguson is your tight end one and Schoonmaker is your tight end two, the tight end three has got to be somebody who can block, right? Yeah. He's got to be somebody who can block as a fullback and special teams. And play special teams. Yeah. So which tight end is that? Is it Stevens? Probably not just because he, he doesn't had, have the experience in doing all that. Stuff. Right. McEwen does, but he's also the least sexy of the group. And he's probably a guy that you could stash on the practice squad. Is Peyton Hendershot's blocking good enough to do that? If the answer is no, maybe they go out and grab another tight end that can actually fill the kind of role. Those kind of guys will be available after cutdown days. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say this. But there, I, as it stands right now, I think there's a better chance that Hendershot has a Cowboys uniform this year. I'm sorry, that McEwen has a Cowboys uniform this year than Hendershot, simply because I think McEwen you could stash on the practice squad. I don't know if you – I mean, we always say that, but I don't know if you could stash Hendershot. Like, I think if you cut Hendershot, he might He's actually probably played up. enough. Um, but again, he like McKeelan, he was an undrafted free agent, so there wasn't a bunch of teams that were interested in him either. We'll see. I, that tight end spot, I'm really interested to see what happens. Landon, let's talk about the other side of the ball, the, the linebacker and the defensive back battle uh, next. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Landon. If we're if we're trying to go short on offense, it's really yeah. because there's so much talent on defense. Let's start with the linebacker position because, man, I'm fascinated by this. We talked yeah. about Damone Clark and Overshawn on yesterday's podcast. So if you want to hear us talk about those guys, go check it out. But what do you think happens at the bottom of this position battle? 
I mean, this is a position that, you know, we had concerns going into the training camp. Do we have enough depth? Do we, are we going to have to go out and get a veteran linebacker? That is not the issue anymore. Yeah. Not especially after this game. The, the linebackers, there were too many good playing linebackers, frankly, you know. And, and so what it's going to come down to is what's going to happen to the Jabril Cox. I, I, know, I think you got to throw in Malik Jefferson's name in here. Uh, and, and Devin Harper, you know, like, because I, I feel like those three guys are probably playing for one spot. Right. And they're all slightly different kind of players. Right. Like I think Cox and, and Harper are very similar in the fact that they're speed demons who I think will be extremely valuable on special teams. Uh, Jefferson's different because he's a different guy. He's a different uh, physical guy. He's a little he's bit much more bigger. of a, he's yeah. a much more of a Mike linebacker type. Uh, he seems like a more, uh, natural backup for someone like Leighton Vander Ash as mm-hmm. opposed to the wheel linebacker spot. Um, so, you know, does that give him any kind of advantage? Obviously, he's injured now, so that's also going to play into some things a little bit. Um, but it does feel like the the competition at the bottom of the linebacker uh, depth chart has really started to heat up, and 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 a lot of it is probably going to end up being uh, uh, who's the special teams ace and and. You know, if Jabril Cox can't find a, a, a way to carve out a spot on defense or to show better play on defense, like kind of throughout training camp in the preseason, uh, it may be tough to kind of justify him over Devin Harper, who I think, you know, has been at every bit as good on defense, I feel like, is cheaper and is probably a better special teams player. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, and that it's really going to come down to who's the better special teamer because, again, you're talking about the fourth linebacker on a yeah. team that uses two linebackers fewer than any other team in the league, right? Like yeah. the Cowboys are going to use a lot of three safety looks where Donovan Wilson's one of your safeties or J-Rod Curse. So they're just not going to go very deep at that position. So your third and fourth – yeah, your third and fourth linebackers, they've really got to be special teams aces. The Cowboys lost Luke Gifford last year who – played in every single special teams unit. Mm-hmm. If uh, you you said it, if Jabril Cox can't find a role on special teams, I'm just not sure he's going to find a role in the 53. And we've seen him on special teams. It's not like he hasn't. I mean, I think he's played on special teams, but I, I, to me, Harper is the ace. And if he's able to find footing on defense faster than Cox is able to find footing in special teams, uh, it could be, you know, well, and, be and, pretty and the other race. thing that we should mention, you mentioned the price, right? Devin Harper is just a lot cheaper because he was a, Six-round pick in Jabril Cox with a fourth-round pick. Also, look at the rookie contract, right? We're going on to year three of Jabril Cox, where Devin Harper, we're going on to year two. So you can just kind of keep an extra year, right? Uh, reset the rookie deal a little bit. So I I think there is incentive. If it's close, you might just give the tie to the younger player that's healthier and a little bit cheaper. Yeah, and and again, like uh, it, it, there's also tons of other guys out there. So if the Cowboys decide that neither of these guys are uh, are what they want, they can go out and find someone. But I think you know, overshown being a hit right away really put a lot of pressure on yep. these down other down roster linebackers. And I think it's going to be interesting to see exactly how that all gets sorted out. Uh, we're running out of time here, but I just want to mention we talked about cornerbacks. Eric Scott struggled a little bit in this game. Um, we can get into that. But I also want to ask you about the safeties because Marquise Bell played almost every snap in this game. He led the Cowboys yeah. in defensive snaps. But it was Wanya Thomas who was the guy that got the interception on the first drive of the game that's had the, the better camp so far. They can't keep all of these safeties with Israel Makamu as the number four. Uh, how do you see this shaking out? 
I just can't see them cutting either Bell or Thomas, honestly. Like I so just you think keep six safeties. Maybe. You know, I, I think I think you could probably go short at one at cornerback, honestly, if you needed to, because Mukwamu could play corner if you need him to. I don't know. I mean, but that it's means, going to be a very difficult cut down. But that, again, that means because at corner you've got Diggs, Gilmore, Bland, and then it's Jordan Lewis if he comes back. I think Elvin Lewis Joseph. is going on a list, right? Don't you think that? Like the further let's, we let's, get into camp with him not practicing, it feels more likely like that. Happens. Like he's not even in pads when he's doing his his yeah. cord stuff. I, I imagine he ends up on a list. So you you list him. You probably keep Joseph. You probably find a way to milk this Nishan Wright injury a little bit longer. Although Nishan Wright might not let you do that. I think he he we'll knows see. that his job is on the line, right? Um, and look, I, we got to talk. Start talking about Josh Butler, who was number forty on the team and had a really good game uh, during the during the, the preseason game. So uh, the depth chart down there is is getting is getting a little crazy. And then obviously, you, when you combine them both with defensive backs you want to keep 15 of these guys, but yeah. you just can't. So uh, cut down for that position is going to be extremely interesting. And I, I know the Cowboys would love to keep Eric Scott, like on the practice squad, because there's obviously some talent there. They traded up to go get him. They gave up a future pick to go get him. And he's had a great OTAs, a good mini camp, but training camp has been a little bit up and down. Obviously did not play well yeah. in the preseason game. Do you risk exposing him to the waiver wire in a league that, is so needs corners. Yeah, right? is so talent deficient at corner. I, I don't know. I I don't know how they're going to make it work in the secondary because they just have too many good players. Yeah, the Cowboys are going to be watched like hawks for yeah. defensive backs yeah. and pass rushers. So I don't know how many of those guys are going to yeah. sneak past waiver wires. All right, that is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Get every day. We'll be back tomorrow to break down practice, so make sure you tune in for that. Uh, we go check out our shows on YouTube. We post a show every single day over there. Uh, we we're available wherever you get your podcasts, free and available on all platforms. Go follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher, and we'll see you next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.